as a doll. I'm fucking infamous. I'm one of the most notorious slashers in history. And I don't want to give that up. I am Chucky, the killer doll. And I dig it. And welcome to another episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official hack slash podcast, part of the Radio Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Serena. And with us is a special guest as well. Hi, my name is Crystal from thesuperbowl.com. Joining us for this amazing episode and the final episode of part one of our coverage of the Hack Slash comic books created by Tim Seeley, which guest stars Chucky, as created by Tom Holland and Don Mancini, as played by Brad Dorf in every movie until recently, now played by Luke Skywalker Joker himself, Mark Hamill. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the plot synopsis for the issue, and Super Ghoul, you can definitely please uh, tell the audience who's not familiar with your work a little bit about who you are. I thought that uh, Mark Hamill, um, when he sang, he sounded like the Joker singing. He really <laughs> there's did. singing. To... Yeah, there's a there's a good there's a good there's a good good guy song in the movie. Oh, yeah, I'm never watching I am your buddy. (laughs) And they hear Mark Hamill do it in his, as best as he can, not pitching his voice to sound like the Joker way is absolutely hilarious when it's in the end credits. It it, it is fantastic. Uh, But we're going to get to all of the Child's Play movies at the end of the episode. We're not going to do huge reviews because we really are trying to keep this under an hour. But we're going to have, like, a little bit of tidbit, you know, we're like a little reviews about every single one of the movies, all eight of the films. Uh, I forced Serena to watch every every single one of them with the fear of, uh, you know, having Chucky crawl into her bed at night or something. That would have been more enjoyable than watching all eight of those movies. <laughs> would it have been as enjoyable with a turkey baster? Oh, Lord, no, help us. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> it was torture. It <laughs> <laughs> <He> sucks. <laughs> Super cool. Tell the audience a little bit about who you are. My name's Crystal Van Etten. I own and operate the SuperGhoul.com, which is a news reporting and content site. So it's just dabbling here and there in indie horror and mainstream horror, as well as creating, you know, short videos and fun photo sets. It's great. It's a good time, but really trying to build a community. And it's been a blast so far. Pictures are awesome. The... <laughs> Michael and Jason ones. I love them so much. Thank (laughs) you. Seems to be like the most favorited one so far. (laughs) Yes. And stop removing watermarks, you dicks. Yeah, that's been happening like way too much. And it's always during the summer since it's like, you know, with them having Mm -hmm. to shake together, it's always bleeding up to October that that just starts circulating like wildfire. And I, I try so hard to try and track it down and be like, hey, credit, please. But most the the thing that's been awesome is that people have been so accommodating and like understanding, trying to like help me out. So it's been it's been cool. You also have a couple of photos that you did in reference to this episode as well. You do one of uh, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> so I originally before the Super Bowl became a thing, um, I was a makeup artist and I, I just kind of retired the kit but one of my favorite things to do was like body paint and I did a look that was inspired by Laura Loxon so I was like bandaged up with makeup and also did my own take on Cassie Hack. Yes and we will be posting those pictures up um, uh, in refer- in in preview of the upcoming podcast later this week as well. So thank you for sending them to us. We're going to take a quick break, and then Crystal is actually going to be doing the episode synopsis for us uh, today with the Hack Slash versus Chucky issue. But we're going to play a couple quick uh, podcast promos, and then we will be right back. I am vengeance. I am the knight. You need to take out the trash. I don't have time for that now. We have two podcasts I have to create a new promo for. What? Both JLU cast and Supermates? Yes. JLU cast where you and I discussed the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated series from Bruce Timm and company. And Supermates, our original show where we talk about all sorts of geeky stuff, including our annual House of Frankenstein series on classic horror films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But how do we combine this into one promo? I have no idea, but it sounds like we're doing our original Supermates promo all over again. 
I kind of think we are, but hey, other folks kind of aped it, so it must have worked. Well, why don't you get to work taking out the trash, and I'll finish up. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. On JLU Cast and Supermates, both proudly part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, found at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again. It's finally here, coming to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. General? Would you care to step outside? It's Superman 2 Movie Minute. Chris Franklin and Rob Kelly are back to discuss 1980's Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Superman faces his toughest challenge when he squares off against Lex Luthor and three villains from the planet Krypton. Superman 2 Movie Minute, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Man, this is going to be good. And we're back with the Goth Girl Horror Hackslash Podcast. The promos you heard, by the way, Superman not so much, but Cindy and Chris Franklin have are going to be playing our promo on their show, JLU Cast, which covers the Justice League animated series. And they also do a podcast covering some Batman episodes. I can't imagine why that would be any relevance to today's episode involving Chucky. <laughs> but they also do a horror show as well, and they are on a very popular podcast network that covers a lot of comic books, mostly DC Comics. So we're doing some podcast promo swapping with them over the next uh, several episodes, probably until we, you know, stop. So uh, you will be hearing their promo almost every episode of Goth Girl Horror, as well as some other podcasts related to comic books as well, and they'll be playing our promo too. So it's a great little cross-promotion that we're doing. You can go to thefireandwaternetwork.com to check out all the podcasts those people do, and I highly recommend checking out the Superman Movie Minute if you're a big fan of the 1978 and 1980s Superman movie. Now we're going to be going over the plot synopsis with Supergool taking it off. Hell yeah. All right. Hack Slash vs. Chucky is a one-shot originally published by Devil's Due Publishing and is packed with mayhem in the Big Easy. It was first released March 1st in 2007 and acts as a sequel to Hack Slash Girls Gone Dead. The issue opens with Kathy and Vlad continuing their work for the better good in a gnarly-ass fight against, against Laura Lockarm of Control, a trap set up by Laura. The two are detained and Laura's intentions become clear. The bandaged villainess is looking for a strong body to transfer herself into, and she's using the heart of Dambala, an amulet that made its first, appe- first physical appearance in Bride of Chucky as Haitian voodoo mode of transferring souls into different vessels. After using the chance to activate the amulet, Laura successfully pulls off switching Vlad into her body, thus making room for Laura to occupy Vlad's body. Cassie and Vlad in Laura's body make their exit, Laura's body is weak thanks to Cassie previously burning Laura alive, and she apologizes to Vlad for having to deal with the pain at all. Laura leaves behind a card to a voodoo shop, which Cassie assumes is a bait for another trap. While Cassie and Vlad are talking this over, they hear someone inside the church from outside. When Cassie goes to check it out, a voice is shouting through the floor, and as Cassie opens the floor panel, she finds Chucky the killer doll. Cassie isn't amused. She starts to close him back in, but then Chucky explains how Laura stole the amulet and how he can help switch Laura and Vlad back. Chucky clearly talked his way into Cassie's temporary good graces because next thing you know, they're driving down the road, Chucky in the passenger seat. They're in New Orleans and out to find Laura, who at this point has kidnapped previous characters, Lisa Elston, Chris Crane, and Scotty Young. The trip is slower than desired with Vlad in increasing pain in the back seat. With the pain continuing to spike, Cassie, Chucky, and Vlad stop at a gas station to stock up some booze and painkillers, but of course, Cassie and Chucky brawl to stop him from going after the station attendant. After giving Chucky a reality check, he tells Laura he knows Papa Sugar, who is the owner of the voodoo shop on the card Laura left behind. They track Papa Sugar down, and right off the bat, he's playing stupid with Cassie. Papa Sugar does a sneak attack on Cassie using an aerosol drug to subdue her and reveals it was indeed a setup and he was just the middleman. In a weird twist, Chucky comes to Cassie's rescue with a nail gun and turns Papa Sugar into a sick version of his own voodoo doll. Meanwhile, at Laura's temporary lair, Chris Crank managed to run off with Laura looking for him in Vlad's shell of a body. Run off to the bayou, she says. Don't you know there's gators out there in the bayou? Hello, foreshadowing. Laura finds Chris and tells him that she needs to help save Cassie's soul. Back to the departed Papa Sugar's place, Chucky injects Cassie with a solution that eliminates the effects of the drug that paralyzed her. 
Rest assured, our badass protagonist isn't fooled by his shit. His rescue changes nothing between them. They reach a mutual agreement that the partnership is temporary if they expect to go up against Laura and Vlad's body. Vlad, overhearing the conversation, emerges from the van armed and determined to help out despite Cassie's reservation. The trio enters Laura's held house building and Laura builds Laura begins a rant about sin and how she's going to make Cassie see the sins of the world before it's too late for her. The security cameras show Lisa, Chris, and Scotty in real-life threatening situations. Vlad tells Cassie that he and Chucky will go save them while, while Cassie focuses on finding Laura. As Cassie and Laura face off, Vlad and Chucky do as they promised. They save Scotty, who is being viciously whipped for being gay. Scotty notes he is not gay. They save Lisa from an abortion, although it's uncertain if Lisa is pregnant at this point. They save Chris from a sacrificial altar for his denial of Christ. Cassie and Laura continue their fight, and as things are looking grim for Cassie, Chucky hops on Laura's back and chokes her using the amulet chain while reciting the incantation. Laura's back to her own body, and Chucky pushes her off the ledge to be attacked by her own zombie creations. Chucky's got to run because now he's on Cassie's radar. She takes off to the bayou looking for him, and once Chucky reveals himself, we're launched into a two-page battle, which eventually ends with his demise as he's chomped down and swallowed by a gator. The gator takes off. The comic cuts to Cassie being patched up by Lisa, and she's punching herself over Lisa, Chris, and Scotty getting wrapped up into the danger she feels responsible for. Lisa tells her not to fret and be so hard on herself. The one-shot closes with a camera crew and a Steve Irwin wannabe in a bayou. The star of the show is determined to wrestle a gator, but when he finds one, he discovers it's been butchered. Chucky flies into frame with the production crew about to meet their death. As I mentioned previously, this is the end of part one of our coverage of the uh, comic books hack slash as the one shots are all completed and we're going to be entering in the next episode the ongoing. So this was a monumental event for Serena and I. Uh, yeah, it's also the woo! end of the first omnibus. Correct, and thank you, Crystal, for for doing the plot synopsis for us. We appreciate it. Going through the issue, uh, the credits are by written by Tim Seeley and art by Matt Murhoff, and I love the art in this issue. And honestly, other than Tim's artwork himself, which cannot be beat, or Stephen uh, uh, Stefano Caselli, whose also artwork is amazing, I think Matt has the best artwork of all of the one shots we've seen. For sure, and Cassie looks really hot in this one. Oh my god, he, he really draws Cassie incredibly sexy. Oh yeah, I mean, obviously doesn't know what a B-cup is, but besides that, she's super hot. <laughs> I'm going to point out that Serena this time pointed out Cassie's breast size and not me. <laughs> <laughs> so no complaining, anybody. Correct. But I want to point out what Matt has done, because I think his artwork is phenomenally sexy in everything. He draws a lot of like cover artwork for several things, including Brian Polito's work. And we're going to get to Brian Polito a little later on in this episode, at the very end, because Brian Polito wrote the Chucky miniseries that Devil's Due Press published right after this ended. In fact, the end of the issue has the preview for not only the ongoing Rub Hack Slash, but Chucky's Ongoing by Brian Polito. And he wrote, he drew uh, La Muerta, which is Brian Polito's uh, current creator-owned character, which just ended their most recent Kickstarter. And you can go on the DeviantArt and see an incredibly busty uh, version of The Bride of Frankenstein, as well as more conservative pictures for uh, Supergirl and uh, Poison Ivy. And he's done a lot of DC work, too. Ooh, I want to see links to this. Yeah, go to uh, just type in DeviantArt and look up Matt Murhoff for some of his amazing artwork. He also does a nice little sexy sketch of uh, Spider-Man's three most popular ladies, Black Cat, Mary Jane, and Gwen Stacy. The cover of this issue is by Tim Seeley. We have uh, Chucky running towards Cassie, who's wearing just what looks like panties and boots. And socks. There's socks there. <laughs> Other socks? Okay, I can't. Okay, there are socks. All right, the Tax Slash versus Chucky logo is over where the socks are cut off and the bat <laughs> is in front of her, so I couldn't quite tell. But I also want to point out that Tone Rodriguez and John Francis Bellio has a great cover of Chucky diving over Cassie's shoulder where she's wearing like a trench coat which is a really cool look for her and then cover c has um by chris marino has cassie vlad and chucky kind of teaming up i don't have those covers they're not in the omnibus at all oh wait one of them yeah, is. They should be in the back oh okay oh, i found it 
I was looking in the pinups. Wrong place. Now, just before we started recording, I messaged him to ask him to confirm that this issue does take place immediately after, or r- r- roughly after the events of The Bride of Chucky, and definitely before the events of Seed of Chucky. Yeah, I figured that, because his face is all busted. Exactly. And uh, it's really cool that they're keeping in the continuity that Cassie and Vlad are hunting down Laura, who has resurfaced. It is funny, though, that... Other than her fingers, which don't look scorched, her head or neck, and yes, a part of her face is, and she has no hair. She looks pretty clean other than the rest of her body, which looks like, you know, burnt bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burnt bacon. Damn. Oh. One ply or two ply toilet paper? How's that working out for you, Laura? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't even notice until I started reading this issue. She's wearing um, Father Raff's mask. Right. Okay, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that as well. Yeah. I had to go back and check, but I was like, oh, yeah. So these zombies are voodoo zombies, which later on the voodoo priestess said voodoo has nothing to do with zombies, but horror movies have, like, um, what is the voodoo zombie movie that comes to mind directed by Wes Craven? Oh, my gosh. If it's not Nightmare or Hills Have Eyes, I'm going to be going blank. The Serpent in the Rainbow. Thirsties. Okay. That's one movie I have not watched of Wes Craven. Ah, I think also the Lucio Fulci zombie has something to do with voodoo as, as well, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of, um, I think, isn't even like white zombie some, have some sort of Haitian background to it? You're talking about the the old black and white movie with uh, yeah. what, Bela Lugosi? Was that Bela Lugosi? Yes, it was. Okay, and, and Boris Karloff, correct? White zombie. I think that movie is also, like, it doesn't have any copyright on it anymore. Correct. Um, and, of course, that's where Rob Zombie's uh, band came from. Oh, that makes so much sense now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it clicks. Yeah. It clicks. I actually knew that. So I also didn't realize that amulet, that amulet was in the first Child's Play movie. I thought you said in your review that it first appeared in Bride of Chucky. So the physical amulet, the chant's been throughout the whole thing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And since none of us are actually going to be able to butcher what the chant is, I thought Brad Dorf would be the best person to give us the chant. I concur. I concur. I'm always surprised that poor Prince Humperdinck survives that explosion. (laughs) (laughs) For people who don't get that reference, Prince Humperdinck was the character that Chris Sarandon played in The Princess Bride. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am so looking forward to meeting him in September. He's going to be in my neck of the woods. It's going to be awesome. At what convention? Rose City Comic Con. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I've met uh, both Prince Humperdinck and, uh, sorry, Chris Sarandon. And I met Brad Dorf. Heck yeah. I just met Brad for the first time last year, and that was at Texas Frightmare, and freaking awesome. It was such a great experience. And I have a ring ready to one day meet his daughter and propose to her. (laughs) Isn't she lovely? Oh, my God. Do you know who she does a podcast with? Who? Jessica Cameron. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know there was a podcast. I know Jessica Cameron's been doing, like, um, a YouTube vlog series. Oh, um, yeah. but Jessica Cameron yeah, has the looks for YouTube, let me tell you. She is a beautiful actress and director. I have a signed picture of her in bed with just like the sheet of the bed covering her, you know, naked bits uh, on my wall signed to me. Gotta love those white sheet photo sets. Those are always a good time. Yeah, and she's not just a brilliant <laughs> act, you know, brilliant director. She's also a actress who does is not afraid to uh, you know, screamed at the top of her lungs and get herself killed in the middle of some type of uh, R-rated scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is a woman who has taken control of her sexuality on film. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm all about that life. 
Now, Serena, I did message Tim as well, and they said that uh, he, he did confirm that this is the first meeting between Cassie and Chucky, and they know each other by reputation. But the scenes of yeah. them looking at each other, again, the artwork is so amazing between the two of them. Yeah, it was. I kind of got the, like, I know we had discussed before whether or not they had met, but um, as I was reading the issue, I definitely, it was clear to me that, like, they didn't, had never met each other, but they've they know of each other and yeah, I thought that was he, really cool doesn't he even like say you killed off some people that you know like he looked up to or something yeah he goes she's like j- she just sits there and she's like Chucky and he's all Kathy hat <laughs> and then she calls him a little bastard <laughs> is everybody ready for Sunday school singing all right let's go this little light <laughs> of mine I'm gonna let it shine Come on, sing with me. Come on, Serena. Come on, Crystal. I'm non-religious. Okay. Um, yeah. The hell with the both of you. <laughs> but yeah, in the there's a panel though where she doesn't just know him as Chucky. She knows his backstory as Charles Lee Ray, the Lakeshore Strangler, body count in the 40s, blah blah blah. And then he's all, yeah, and you're Kathy Hack, the Slayer of Killers. You took out some good psychos, guys after my own heart. I'd sooner stick this blade in you than look at you. The voodoo guy, I have to say, reminds me a lot of uh, not the voodoo guy from the child's play movies because he's ridiculous too but uh, have either one of you ever seen the hatchet films by Adam Green yeah okay mm-hmm. so brother voodoo or not brother voodoo that's the Marvel comic book character <laughs> sorry but the voodoo <laughs> guy played by Tony Todd in that movie reminds me of this guy oh yeah kind of but isn't isn't this Papa Sugar the like brother of the guy from child's play that's what he says correct okay yeah because he was like Chucky's old partner, or Charles, I'm sorry, Charles Lee Ray, Charles's old partner. Yeah. Also, it looks like Cassie is ha- like foaming at the mouth when she sprayed, and then she gets ejected with like a needle. It's really like, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was like looking into that more, and so, and then like he even says to her, well, it shuts off everything else except your brain. So she's like completely done for. And, and I have no idea what Chucky had in that syringe, but clearly was the, you know, antidote for that. He's very casual in this, whereas, like, this is definitely the Chucky from the later Child's Play movies, or, well, the one at the time that this was printed, just uh, The Bride of Chucky, whereas in the first three, he's definitely a psychopath. But uh, I do love the fact that she has to team up with somebody that she would hunt down and kill. Merciless, mm-hmm. merciless, what's the word I'm looking for? Versus? Mercifully? Mercifully? Mercifully. That's the word. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me of, have either one of you ever seen the one-shot sheet of comic strip that Tim did for a Comic-Con of Hackslash versus Dexter versus Jason? Oh, my God. No, I haven't. The entire one sheet. You can find it on the Radio Horror Facebook page. I posted it there in my pictures. I'll post another link on our Twitter. But it's it's, uh, Dexter is fighting Jason. And then Cassie and Vlad show up to help Dexter because they think they're after Dexter, but they're actually after Jason. So Dexter and Cassie and Vlad have to team up to taunt Jason. The fandom went nuts. And Tim's like, yeah, that's never going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, I remember we talked about this like a while ago. Yeah, yeah. We should have brought it up to Tim when he came on the show. That and the the last year he did for a fan, which went all over the internet, there's a picture of Cassie like bent down in a pumpkin patch and Michael Myers is standing above her. Oh, these are all on my wish list now. Yeah, but they'll never happen because of copyright issues. (laughs) Oh, sad day. But that's like, that's really cool because Cassie is essentially the Dexter of comics. Right, right. Dexter had his time in comics, but they were actually more based on the books. And they were published by Marvel, of all people. But Marvel does have horror stuff just because they're owned by Disney. I mean, they have Blade, they have Morbius, you know, they do have horror stuff, and they do break into it once in a while. We're going to see Blade return soon, and a Blade versus Wolverine uh, one-shot coming up. And didn't X-Men even have, like, an Undead series? Oh, my God, I could go into hours on hours upon uh, how great the Storm versus Dracula, X-Men versus Dracula one issue by Chris Claremont is. It's my favorite issue of X-Men. <laughs> the Abortion of Lisa. She's not pregnant yet with Chris's kid, right? That's what I thought, because that's the later issue. Right, and I know this the time flow moves slower in this. They're not moving in real time. That'd be a long freaking pregnancy, because she doesn't have that kid until the end of the second miniseries before her and Chris are... Well, maybe in a way, Laura's acting like a seer, and she, you know, knows that it's going to happen, and because of Lisa's medical field she put you know put her in that position 
I think that's what it, I mean, that's just me, you know, making a big stretch of the guess, but that's the only thing I could come to because yeah, I think when, when I was looking it up, it said a later issue. I could almost go for that, except for the fact that Scotty Young isn't gay and probably won't ever be gay. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that, I think that was like a weird kind of joke. But I do find, I do, excuse me, Scotty Young is coming to the Boston Comic Con in August. I'm going to point this issue out to him and say, hey, is this a typical Friday night for you? Just being chained up and whipped <laughs> by devils. <laughs> and see if he, he has a sense of humor about it. <laughs> I think he does. I think so. I did want to mention, though, that the um, Chucky killing Papa Sugar with the nail gun reminds me of John Ritter's death in Bride of Chucky. Oh, John yeah. Ritter. Yeah. He was one of the best parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best parts in all his movies. Let's be serious. In those pages, they kind of do a nod to the first Child's Play movie with, you know, the the voodoo doll. I mean, voodoo doll is like a typical you know, symbol that's used in these types of stories, but um, just kind of with John Bishop, he's, you know, torturing the, trying to torture Papa Sugar with a voodoo doll and says, hey, I've been poking at this, like, ever since I got here. It's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Yeah. Oh, and then, like, did we mention that all, all three, four, well, Laura, I guess she's a four, they all come from previous issues. Chris is from Land of Lost Toys, Lisa was in Euthanized, and then Scotty was first in Comic Book Carnage. Right. I figured I'd mention it. And I always get confused that the guy who survived Le- Euthanized with Lisa is not the guy that she hooks up with. It's, it's Chris. Yeah. Yeah. They get married or they get together? I know they have the baby, but I don't know if they get married. I don't remember, There's but we're so far like away from there. Things. Like, they have some relationship issues, I think, but I think ultimately they do get together. Right. And I do love the, it's almost like a pinup, but the uh, Cassie jumping towards Vlad, you know what I mean? It's entirely one sheet of the, of the page. Yeah, I really like that. I would... I would get that as a print. It's a really good one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that and, like, the, uh, again, the alternate cover of of Chucky jumping behind Cassie is probably the best image in the entire comic book. Definitely. Um, I really love the image of where Vlad's in Laura's body, and it's the three of them walking in, like, some badass, <laughs> badass opening to an action movie. Yeah, like, there's their, their movie action hero poster. Do you think the, the green... Vile syringe is foreshadowing to what's to come in issue 13. I would think so, just because it seems like making a point of it. And usually, like little things like that, if they're making a point of like, here, make sure you see this, usually to me, I'm like, yeah, it's probably going to be important in the future. Which is a better fight, Cassie and Vlad or Cassie and Chucky? Cassie and Vlad. It's yeah, a doll. <laughs> Chucky is so iconic, though. I know you don't like him, but. I just can't. Like, it's a doll. Field goal that fucker and run away. <laughs> That's why I always love the first movie. She just uh. fucking kicks that guy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. You need to be doing this. The, the fight, I, I, I prefer the fight, the fight between Cassie and Chucky just because it's, like, violent as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, they kind of, you know, address that. Like, she's not being fully violent with Vlad. Cause right. It, well, it's not Vlad, but it's Vlad's body. Right, 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 right. I do like that fact that they all like you know all's well that ends well with the Bayou in with the with the cute little cartoon gator or whatever and they're all playing the Wii <laughs> which was <laughs> January 2007 my ex-wife bought me a Wii for my birthday oh and it's an ex-wife so it's been a long time since then has it yeah <laughs> I do like that Cassie is covering up her modesty <laughs> yeah she's covering up her nipples God forbid we see nipples. Nipples are bad on women. Don't you know that? Just horrible. Yeah. Fucking Facebook. (laughs) Blasphemy. Free the nipple people. We'll all be happier. And then Cassie, again, what she says is heavy foreshadowing to what's going to come at the end of the Image comic book series. Yes. So we'll get to that when we get to it. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, heavy foreshadowing. What is written on Chris's shirt? It's not very legible, and I'm trying to flip through the issue to page. Oh, here it is. Over 9,000. Is that another, like, random obscure thing? It's usually, be. Doesn't he usually have something like that on his shirt? Right. Wasn't it in, like, the other issue? It's got to be. It's got to be. This issue, unlike the last one, which had the Family Guy ad at the back, is ad-free, other than for upcoming tie-in comic books, including issue number one of the ongoing of Hack Slash, which has got a great image of Cassie holding the bat and the upward shot of her skull-covered panties and, and just a really good image. Yeah, of course. But Vlad has at the end of his giant knife, uh, like, a ring? And that's, like, never... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> 
I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Is that no. more foreshadowing? Maybe, but it looks like a giant nose ring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that a piercing? That out of some poor motherfucker. Just like, mm, septum gone. Running alongside Hackslash for the first issue, the second, third, and fourth, and fifth issue, is a Chucky ongoing uh, miniseries by horror master Brian Polito. It is fantastic. The artwork in it is a lot of fun. It's by Josh Medoros. And it follows the events of Bride of Chucky, where Chucky goes after the survivors of Bride of Chucky. Oh. Yeah. And I love the artwork in every one of these issues. It is violent. It is fantastic. And it's definitely something you would see coming out of, like, Brian Polito's studio. So it was really cool that Brian Polito, the creator of Evil Ernie, who we discussed, and, of course, Lady Death, and the most recent Kickstarter at the time of this video, the new La Muerta, which you can go on to Kickstarter backer kit if you still want, like, an issue of it. Um, I've Kickstarted every one of the recent Brian Polito Coffin comics, uh, comic books. They're, they're, I, they're highly recommended. Now, this is not the first time Chucky, by the way, has been in comic books. He has had several comic books through a company called Innovation, who also published Jason and Freddy comic books back in the 80s. There was a five-issue miniseries as well as adaptations of Child's Play 2 and 3, and I have them all here right now. We're going to review them. Issue, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> in the back of the episode, we do have a little note by Kathy regarding Chucky. It says, um, I searched through a lot of gator shit, and I can't say for sure Chucky is dead. All I know is that if he's still alive, it'll, I'll spend the rest of my life watching my back. Or, well, the back of my calves. <laughs> She's so snarky. Um, she if, is. If you want to buy these comic books, by the way, they're pretty easy to find. They're not, like, I mean, they're out of print, but they're not incredibly hard to find. I picked up the entire lot of Child's Play comics from Innovation on eBay for about $25. So that's pretty good. I got a oh, ton of comic nice. books. Yeah, and they're they're just comic book adaptations of the movie. I mean, the artwork in them is okay. Um, some of the artists include uh, Brandon McKenney, who I can tell you in two seconds who he was. So at the beginning of this issue, though, like, Chucky's all in pieces. Was that, like, at the end of Bride of Chucky and I just missed it? Crystal, do you know the answer to I that I don't one? remember him being in pieces. No. Yeah, I, I know. Laura's sewing him up. I just wasn't sure if I wasn't paying attention to the movies. I remember Tiffany being burnt to crisp and then giving birth to the baby. Yeah. <laughs> All chopped up. Yeah, I thought he was buried alive, actually. Because in Child's Play, the next one, Seed of Chucky, they're brand new dolls. And they're making a Child's Play movie within the movie. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting my Chucky movies, like, mixed up. But, yeah, that's the one where they were making them. Oh, and Jennifer Tilly was in the movie and... Tiffany was going to, like, put her body in right. Jennifer's body because I guess she didn't ever realize that, like, she looked just like Jennifer Tilly. I was really confused by that whole deal. Very confused. Yeah, and then as of the uh, cult of Chucky, she still has Jennifer Tilly's body because her and uh, Brad Dor uh, Fiona Dorf, um, like, make out at the end of uh, cult of Chucky. The best part of all the Chucky movies. I guess so. I, the best, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go there, I would say Danielle's uh, make-out scene with the uh, the naughty nanny from The Curse of Chucky was even hotter. <laughs> like, don't ever make me watch these movies again. <laughs> Starting with the original Child's Play, which was directed by Tom Holland, not the guy who plays Spider-Man. <laughs> right? I know, that came on the screen and I was like, wait, what? No. Tom Holland. Of course not. He wasn't even born yet, was he? No, he no, no, no. He sparkle in his mama's eye. <laughs> but uh, what's funny is that when Tom Holland was announced to be cast as Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War, Tom Holland, the director of Child's Play, got, like, flooded with, like, phone calls. <laughs> like, what do you mean you're playing Spider-Man? Aren't you, like, 60? <laughs> Tom Holland, former guest of Radio of Horror, by the way. Yeah, we actually had him on more for Fright Night because he's the director of Fright Night. But going through the Child's Play movies really quick. Child's Play, what 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 are your thoughts and opinions on the original? I think, I, I, I don't know. I think if I had been watching it, like, when it came out, it would have been more cool. But, like, it just took way too long to get to the action at this point that I just, I'm a gore hound. I didn't get a lot of that. It wasn't really quick. It was a slow burn, I guess. But I will admit that that scene where Chucky goes from the doll to, like, actually being Chucky was incredible. That was an amazing scene. I very much liked it. From a movie itself point of view, it was very well made. I just, it was too slow for me. And it's a doll. Crystal? For me, I, I think that the Child's Play movie, the first one is my favorite of the first three 
in the franchise with Child's Play 2 like creeping up on a really close level but I just having enough screen time of Charles Lee Ray was you know my my favorite part of the whole thing. It is funny, by the way, that the remake that came out this weekend at the time we're recording this also came out the same day as Toy Story 4, and next week, Annabelle Comes Home comes out. <laughs> what a day to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw somebody tweet, and I, and I feel bad that I can't credit them properly for saying this. They were like, I dare you to go to the box office and ask for a ticket to Child's Story and see what happens. <laughs> Moving on to, uh, now here's the thing, Chucky came out, I believe, after Hellraiser, and it's like the latest of the slashers into the slasher genre, because Child's Play 2 then came out in 1990, and Child's Play 3 came out like in 91 or 92. Yeah, they were on a roll. And then they took a break until uh, Ronnie Yu, is that who directed Bride of Chucky? But going to Child's Play 2, what did you think of Child's Play 2 versus 1? I liked it more, just because we already knew that like Chucky was the killer, so they got into it faster i like that but it's just i'm spoiled with modern horror movies the old ones just don't do it for me all that much i like the fact that they introduced like a, a sister character for chucky played by christy L, uh, ellis uh, mccarthy uh, not chucky sorry yeah, uh, the, uh, i meant uh, andy 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 yeah, yeah the foster family i bet i bet that was you know my favorite part of the whole thing because it's one thing to try and convince your own parents but to convince these people who you have never met in your entire life what you're dealing with that added a lot more pressure um but i think the that like my favorite thing overall was how corporate just got them you know kicked in the nuts i was just confused about who the hell gave those uh foster parents kids at all because they were terrible and creepy and mean and i felt bad right the dad gave no fuck well foster dad right definitely and then over in child's play three we go to a military school andy's a little bit more grown up now but not played by alex vincent uh he's played by justin um justin whalen who would play jimmy olsen on lois and clark the new adventures of superman oh i didn't know that yeah they i i I was always confused about why and i i've uh i've never been in fine a lot of information other than like he was you know scheduling conflicts or something like that but alex vincent did play younger Andy in like the the a photograph, but then I, I guess again, I mean Alex Vincent wasn't old enough yet to be in military school like Justin Whalen was, so they definitely moved the timeline up a bit. Even though the movie took uh, the movie came out a year after the last one. Yeah, I was really like I didn't particularly like that. I'm like, why did he have to be older? There could have been younger kids in a military school. I don't know. Did either one of you know that there was a Child's Play video game uh, that was canceled? No. Yep, Child's Play video game called Chucky. I think you were going to play as the doll. Oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, there's an ad for it in several video games, uh, like a piece of paper ad, but nothing ever came of it. Uh, Child's Play 3, though, this reveals how young I am, but um, this was the movie out of the entire series that sparked my Chucky nightmare. <laughs> so uh, I actually, even now, I still get like these stupid reoccurring dreams where Chucky's coming after me, and it's all because of that scene where Tyler's getting chased and he crawls under a car, and Chucky's just, like, going full crazy on top of the car with, you know, explosives. Ever since then, um, that's really, even though it's Child's Play 3 is not my favorite of the first three, that's the reason why it terrifies me. There is one great scene in Child's Play 3, I think, does elevate the movie. When Chucky throws the grenade and that kid throws himself on top of it, the nerd kid, and he obviously fucking blows up, that was intense. That was really... Yeah, it was. That was unbelievable, unbelievable. I I was not prepared. One of the reasons why I... I was kind of hoping that in the new Child's Play movie they would do something similar to that because when a kid gets fucked up, you know the extremities of the situation. Yeah, like the kid's gone, shit just got real. Yeah. We're hurting kids here. Yeah, definitely. I feel that way too about like any horror movies. Like if anything happens to the kids, I'm like, oh shit, we're all just fucked. Like the blob. (laughs) (laughs) Now it took six years at the release of Scream, and I know he did last summer, to bring Chucky back with The Bride of Chucky, which is where the franchise a lot of people think went in a completely different direction. Obviously, it just straight up became a horror comedy, but a lot of people love the addition of Tiffany. I mean, how many people do you see cosplay playing as Jennifer Tilly's character for that movie and also Jennifer Tilly smoking hot oh my gosh I just Jennifer Tilly is like gold 
thinking, like I totally forgot earlier, is Pinhead considered a slasher? Because I never considered him a slasher. Yeah, I mean, the same thing can be said about Leatherface. They say the hard, the slasher genre started with, like, Black Christmas, but it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out a year before Black Christmas. This is definitely a slasher. Which, by the way, is being remade by Blumhouse. Yeah, I'm actually excited for it. But I really like those, like, holiday, like, the Christmas horror movies. I like them all. Even if they're terrible, I still think they're great. Just because it's a weird meshing of the holidays. I like it. One of the best songs, of course, came from, uh, well, it didn't come from it, but was in the soundtrack to uh, Bride of Chucky. And it's also very relevant to this episode with Laura kind of coming back. Of course, she gets mauled and killed by her zombies at the end of the issue, which is fantastic. But uh, I thought the song is extremely relevant for the issue that we're talking about and obviously the Bride of Chucky. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Isn't that a great moment when she's walking away and they start playing that song? Yeah, chills. Now, I'm just imagining I'm sitting here, like, doing the show, and you two are, like, in your, like, hack slash costumes, just, like, dancing around in cages with your face. (laughs) Well, I'm not in a cage, but I was just dancing around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. My fantasies just went into, like, the, you know, most Rob Zombie places. I have uh, my guest and my co-host have both cosplayed as Cassie, so why not? (laughs) (laughs) If you can, why not? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. What are the, it's uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's all good. And then of course, this Bride of Chucky was followed up by the Seed of Chucky, which we've talked about being the most ridiculous film in the franchise. It's all I'm just a so nonstop confused. joke fest. <laughs> like, what was that? Why is there an accent? Like, I don't think I could really get past like why the hell does it all have an accent? Like, it overshadowed the whole Glenn Glenda thing. Right, right, right. Oh. Like this. Excuse me. Why do you kill? Um, well, um, <laughs> it's a hobby, really. It helps us relax. Am I going to be a killer? <laughs> of course. It's been a family tradition for generations. But violence is bad, isn't it? They said so on TV. Not violence. Violence. Violin. That screechy music's going to ruin the goddamn country. Hey, Glenda's right. <laughs> Is the Glenda thing a parody of the the Ed Wood movie, Glenn or Glenda? I don't know. Maybe, but it could be. Like, it kind of, that's a good point to bring up. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I mean, what do you think, Super Cool? You know, it wouldn't surprise me with how campy it is, just sneaking those types of references in there. I'd love it if it were. Now, the franchise returned to its horror roots in a big way in 2013 with uh, The Curse of Chucky, which was a huge gap between the movies. Because um, 2004 is when The Seed of Chucky came out, and then it was uh, nine years later we got the next Child's Play movie. And I'll be honest with you, The Curse of Chucky is the best out of all of them, as good as the first one. It's dark, it's a haunted house kind of atmosphere. Yes, they're doing the whole, ooh, who could the killer be? But the way it's shot, and Fiona Dorf, who plays this girl in a wheelchair after her mother died, it's really cool. And Chucky is really well done in the movie. And in fact, I actually have an interview coming up with the uh, one of the actresses from the movie. Oh, cool. I mean, I did awesome. like the curse. I did like curse, but I think it had probably the least amount of Chucky, it felt like. There wasn't a whole lot of Chucky going on. Well, no, they had okay. a very small budget. It was directed DVD, but again, it was returning yeah. to its horror roots, which was fantastic. Unfortunately, it was yeah. followed up by the cult of Chucky, which is... Uh... What the fuck? <laughs> 
Yeah. What did you guys think of it? What did you girls think of it? I feel like this is an unpopular opinion, but I like Cult of Chucky better than Curse of Chucky. You're done. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's more so because just the the kill scenes in Cult of Chucky are really what won me over. Um, And there's nothing more constraining than the the setting of a mental institution. So while Curse of Chucky had Fiona, like, you know, trapped, um, in a house. I did wish that I got more Chucky time on that, but I understand that since they were bringing it, you know, the darkness back to the franchise, it needed, you know, that strategy there. And if that meant not including Chucky as much, uh, I, I guess that works. My question is, and this is probably answered and I just haven't revisited Curse of Chucky. What, what was his deal getting sent to that house? Like how, yeah, the big, the big continuity problem, and it's never answered on the DVD. And I, I, I want Don to come on the show to talk about it is yeah. Like, okay. So, the, so one ending to curse is the, the girl about to be possessed by Chucky, which doesn't happen. Obviously the grandma must wake up and that must jar her out of like the spell being cast. Then we switch over to Andy Barkley's house when he's on his phone and Chucky's being delivered there. So it's like, is that to explain the double Chucky's in the cult of Chucky that Tiffany has more than one Chucky doll with the curse split between them? Because hmm. she's the one who's oh. delivering Chucky everywhere. I mean, that was evident in the post office scene. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just, the whole cult of Chucky thing and him having like more than one Chucky, my old thing was like, if he could do that, why wouldn't he have done that in like the second one when he was in the good guy's factory? Right. If he could, if he could make more Chucky through voodoo, why wouldn't he have done it there? It just seemed like, honestly, by the time I got to the last one, I was like, someone has run out of ideas. And we, of course, have multiple Chuckies in the Child's Play remake, which me and Supergool saw. Serena refused to. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> I can't. I did eight. That's it. That's all you guys are getting out of me. I might watch the TV show, but I can't do this whole AI gone wrong thing. You know I what? Can't. It, it's super cool. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me a lot of, like, Chopping Mall meets the Terminator in a way. Oh, definitely. Because <laughs> the Chopping Mall has that type of AI screwed up thing. Well, and it's so sad. Yeah, and, no. I mean, it, it's relevant for modern worries. Like, it was, it was like Chucky took on a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Almost, in a way. Um, but... But, like, it was sad because I didn't know that Charles Lee Ray was, like, factored entirely out of it. And I, this, was, this was the sense where the Chucky doll we see in this 2019 film is, is the victim of its creator. Whereas in, you know, the original Child's Play, being possessed by a killer killer, um, there's more agency for his character there. Yeah, I feel like the whole, like, voodoo aspect and the fact that he's inhabited by the soul of a serial killer was, like, one of the main points of the whole series. So I, I was very confused when I read that the reboot, it was, they were taking all of that out. Even though I haven't seen it, it almost seems to me like... They could have had a really good idea. They didn't need to make it a Chucky movie. It could have been its own, like, the start of something really cool. Just didn't need to be Chucky. It was, like, entirely marketing. I did love uh, the fact it was made by Orion Pictures, which doesn't really exist, but that's supposed to be an homage to the 80s version. That immediately made me think of this, which we did get the line in the movie with the toy car. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. By Peter Weller, RoboCop, because RoboCop was also made by Orion Pictures. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think they even knew that they were still around. I don't think they're around. I think they just used, I think the company that made the new Child's Play, uh, mm-hmm. Universal, they own Orion Pictures, so they just use the logo as like an homage oh, to the okay. original. And that's why we got the RoboCop reference in the movie, because there's a RoboCop movie in development as well, RoboCop 1.5. It's going to take place after the first oh, one, God. ignoring the other two sequels. I quit. I give up. <laughs> There's too many, like, reboots. I can't keep up with all of these. And then there's the Child's Play television series, which is in development as well, which I don't have any new information about right now. It just says it's still in development. With the remake out, I don't know what's going to happen to it. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I heard that it was the reboot was a reboot and a separate thing, and then the TV series is a continuation of the original eight. Right. So we'll definitely have to wait and see. Um, but that's pretty much all the notes and information uh, covering as much Child's Play stuff as I can squeeze into in about an hour. Uh, I'd like to thank Super Ghoul for coming on the show with us. Please give out all your social media information. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Super Ghoul, Instagram at the Super Ghoul, and Facebook at the Super Ghoul. In beforehand. <laughs> 
And you can find me and Serena on at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter. We do not have a Facebook page, but you can also leave us a rating on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget, you can email us at thatradiohorror.com. And all the episodes to this podcast and the other podcasts we, that I do are on radiohorror.com. And now I'm going to leave you with uh, our ending theme song, as well as some more uh, audio bits from the Child's Play movies. Some of the best of them. Stay tuned for them, Super Ghoul and, and uh, Serena. You might enjoy them. Hi. I'm Chuck. Wanna play? How much further till we get to the kid? A ways. Step on it! What's the rush? If I don't get out of this body soon, I'll be trapped in here! What are you looking at? Slide before I kick your fucking teeth in! is mine. Now she knows. There is no God. You have your mother's eyes. And they were always too fucking close together! Okay, I did like that line. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? I said talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you fucking slut! Did you fuck with me? Don't say-